Welcome to the Perfume Room. This episode is juicy. You guys are always like, Emma, how do you know all this? Where did you learn it? Is it self-taught? And the answer to that is no. Yes, I'm always researching. I'm always interested. I've been passionate about this for a long time. But I also have studied this and I have taken professional courses. If you listened to the episode last week, you heard Mona Katan reference that we met in class. Well, this episode is with the teachers, the founders of that perfume class. Today we have the founders of Serendipity NYC, Catherine Belserski and Tammy Katz. Serendipity NYC is the only current American licensee to teach the curriculum from Senkiem Sons, which translates to Fifth Sense, which is a very prestigious fragrance curriculum that's mainly taught in Europe. To be honest, I feel like I am leaking a family secret recipe. I feel like I'm spilling the secret sauce. But you guys, this is really where I've gotten such a wealth of information. They are so informative. They're such a great resource. And I have learned an infinite amount about fragrance, its creation, its history. Serendipity was founded in 2016 with two main focuses, fragrance development and education. Tammy and Catherine, the founders, met while working at IFF, and they are professional noses for hire. They basically help companies translate their brand visions into award-winning fragrances. Together, they've worked on the creation of perfumes for brands like Calvin Klein, Axe, Oscar de la Renta, Bath & Body Works, Marc Jacobs, and more. And if you guys remember, if you listened to the episode with Anne Gottlieb, they worked with Anne. So it's this crazy full circle. I love when this happens. But in this episode, you will learn from this insider duo who also happen to be real-life best friends, we love a work bestie couple, about how fragrances are developed, what mods are and how they work, how they evaluate fragrances, how fragrances go through different iterations, the best way to keep your perfumes from expiring, and coolest of all, they take Wyatt and I, yes, Wyatt, you don't know Wyatt, but he is the editor of this podcast, into the serendipity studio where we smell test and evaluate and describe raw ingredients for you guys. So you hear from two professional noses, me and Wyatt, who doesn't know much about fragrance at all, as we describe bergamot, narrowly, labdanum, galbanum, and vetiver. And what you will hear, as I just said, is what the actual correct pronunciation of narrowly is. Spoiler alert, it's that. Today, I'm not going to do a Perfume 101 or Scent of the Day or any of that stuff just because this episode's a little bit long and I just want to get straight to the episode so you guys can hear directly from the source. Here are Tammy and Catherine. Welcome to the Perfume Room. Today, we are joined by the founders of Serendipity NYC and they are Tammy Katz and Catherine Belserski. Hello, ladies. It is such a joy to have you. It's a pleasure to be here with you, Emma. We're so excited to be here with you, Emma. So, spoiler alert, for everybody who's listening, who heard the interview last week where Mona Katan referenced that we were in class together, this is the big reveal. These are the instructors of the class that we were in together. So, this is where I get all of my perfume knowledge that you wonder how I know this from. It is from these two ladies right here. And we are so happy to have the reunion, to meet in person. actually meet you in person. It's like an old friend. It feels great. We met on Zoom, um, the classic love story. And um, (laughs) now we're here. So I want to just get into what exactly you do 
at Serendipity and what your fragrance backgrounds are. Okay, so I'll start. So for everyone listening, that is Tammy. We started Serendipity about, I guess it's five and a half years now, and um, we kind of had two phases of our business. One phase is fragrance development, where we work with brands to kind of bring their fragrance vision to life. So mm-hmm. we work with the fragrance houses and the brands to help them and act as their extension of their team as their noses. So we're not noses for hire. Okay. And then the other part of our business that we believe very strongly in is education, which is why we became the U.S. licensee of Cinquième Sens, which means fifth sense in French. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are the classes that you took. Prior to COVID, all those classes were in person, mm-hmm. and then we've adapted them all so that we could work during COVID and, and do everything via Zoom. Right. So that's serendipity. Um, my background in the fragrance business, I graduated from Boston University with a marketing degree, and I started um, my career at Bloomingdale's at 59th Street in the fragrance division oh, in the cool. buying office. I love that. I mean, I love the fragrance department at Bloomingdale's. Yes, it is amazing, yeah. <laughs> and it gets better and better every day. I actually was quite sad when I got put into fragrance because I really wanted shoes. Mm-hmm. I had a big passion of mine is also shoes. They go <laughs> um, hand in hand. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I, that's actually where I truly fell in love with fragrance. Um, and about a year later, I moved to International Flavors and Fragrances, a big fragrance house, IFF. Um, and I spent 23 years there in uh, fragrance development, working with the perfumers day in and day out on Everything from fine fragrance, perfumes and colognes to deodorants, hair care, air care, you name it, from prestige brands to mass market. So that's my background. Kath? And mine is a little different. I um, was a chemistry major, undergrad, and I was a chemistry major who loved the theory of chemistry but didn't really like lab. Right. So when I graduated from undergrad, I got a job with a chemical company who made products that go into creams and lotions and shampoos and laundry detergents and all these consumer products that we use every day. Mm -hmm. And of course, I had to go through some training. So I was in the lab working with the chemistries and adding fragrance to the product. And I was so infatuated with the idea of fragrance that I I worked in that that company for seven years selling selling materials to brands that that later I worked with Mm -hmm. um, as fragrance clients. But I just just found it so fascinating. I love the the whole brand connection with fragrance. Um, I went on and I got my MBA in international marketing because I'm just fascinated by cultures as well. So fragrance is such a perfect combination for me because it is technical, it's creative, and it's also very global, it's very cultural. Um, and very marketing driven. So it was like kind of all my passions rolled up into one. And I was very fortunate to get a job with IFF. I had no background in fragrance. And I got a job with IFF in Chicago in sales and, you know, worked my way to New York. I lived in London for IFF for a while. And, um, and Tammy and I worked together for, I don't know, 15 years or so on projects together and just have a great chemistry. So we decided to start our business. Pun intended. Great chemistry. Okay, I'll stop. Um, so were you guys like best friends at work and you were like, we yep. should do this together. Yep. Yeah. That is so fun. We were. We're best friends and um, we kind of always talked about doing something on our own. It was kind of something we just always wanted to do. And the timing just was right about five, five and a half years ago. So we just set out to do it. And it's kind of taken on a life of its own. And um, we are really enjoying the journey. 
Wow. Was there, so I'm curious, having worked in the fragrance department at Bloomingdale's, was there like a, a fragrance that really changed, that made you be like, okay, fragrance is for me, not shoes? Like, did you smell one thing and be like, I, I love fragrance or has it always kind of just? Um, I, I guess Shalimar. Yeah. It just, it has just always stuck with me and really smelling that fragrance and smelling all of the fragrances that have come after mm-hmm. the Cartiers and the obsessions. Mm-hmm. Like I just, that whole arena of fragrance, the warm, sensual fragrances, just real. I just fell in love with all of them. And just listening on the floor to, you know, all the sales associates selling the fragrances and describing the fragrance. And I was like, I just, I felt it. It was like right. an emotional connection with the fragrances that I was like, I, I need to delve deeper in this than the buying office. Like I wanted to know what was behind the scenes, especially because I think in the States, you don't really grow up knowing about this side of the industry. Right. No, you don't. You don't. You, you kind of fall into it like like I did. I didn't even understand what a fragrance house was at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's, there was no schools at the time, you know, in Europe, you can grow up and you can go to perfumery school to become a perfumer or an evaluator. Mm -hmm. But in the States, there was no such thing. So, um, I was just so curious about it and how Mm -hmm. it all happened. Right. Um, so I, I guess the warm sensual fragrances is what really sucked me in. Did you guys work on the same projects together, but in different, like you were in sales and you were in development? Yep, exactly. Mostly. When I, when I moved to London, I worked in a different category entirely, but, um, yeah, mostly in New York we did. That's so fun. I would love to learn more about like what the workflow was at IFF together. And also just like in serendipity, you know, you're talking about a large, a large portion of your business is consulting. What does it look like when you get a typical project? So I think what's really interesting about the fragrance industry, at least the way that we always worked at IFF, and I think it probably is like this at a number of companies, but you know, the account manager is sort of the lead person that's dealing with the client on a daily basis. And your job is to make sure you get all the information and convey, you're basically translating to the creative team what the project is all about. Mm-hmm. But I think at IFF, we worked very much as teams. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't sort of this division of labor. It was sort of, you know, on a daily basis at the time, I would be kind of speaking with the client about the projects and status and what the next steps were and things like that. Mm-hmm. But then I'd be running downstairs to evaluation to be smelling with Tammy and the perfumer the mod that we were looking at that day or the mods we were looking at that day. And it was very much fluid kind of team, team orientation. And so Tammy did a lot of what I did and I did a lot of what she, like we, we sort of really, it was a little bit of a hybrid kind of role. Maybe it was the team that we worked on, but that's kind of, yeah, I, and we I, just see things we we see things slightly differently. So you get that additive of you know one plus one equals three because you each come with a different point of view and mm-hmm. from a different background. And then when you are smelling something or strategizing on how to take a project forward, you see it through a slightly different lens, and you kind of wind up being all that much better for it. And I, I think that's one of the great things about our business is a lot of fragrance consultants work alone, mm-hmm. and we don't. We we work we 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 find there's a lot of synergy and added value to having the two of us because we just see things differently. Different strengths and different weaknesses. But I do think, like Kath was saying, on any given day, we could kind of do what each other did or does. Um, But I think especially from a sales standpoint, 
if you don't know what the fragrance smells like, how do you sell it? Yeah. You know, because yeah. it's so emotional. So right. I always thought that it was so integral to have the salesperson not smelling every single mod, obviously, because you're smelling mods all day long with perfumers. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when you're making big decisions and really understanding what are we going to show the client, I, I thought it was so important all the time to have the salesperson present and, and their point of view because they have to ultimately you know, right. sell it and, and speak to the fragrance. So if right. you if you don't understand it, if you don't understand the parts and pieces and how we got to the mod that we got to, because mm -hmm. that's the one that we're showing, then how, then how do you really, you know, talk honestly to the client? Right. So in, in sales, are you talking about marketing to consumers or marketing to the, like, are you trying to get the sale through to the so, client? So in, the fragrance, it's a bit of a misnomer. It's not really sales mm -hmm. per se. Um, especially when you work in a big company, and for us, a serendipity. We have to sell our capability right. to whatever the client is, whatever the target client is. Once you've sold the credibility and, and the client wants to work with you, mm -hmm. your job isn't really selling. It's more about project management, strategic leadership, right. um, you know, seeing, being able to anticipate problems, guiding them on, uh, we don't want to go this direction, we want to go this direction, using your experience to kind of manage the process efficiently, and you're not really selling. It's, it, I think that in a, in a fragrance house, that nomenclature is often changed to like account manager, it, because you're really, you're really project management right, right. more than selling. Um, it's not like you're selling a commodity where you're selling the same thing to everybody, so you just go door to door, you know, make your appointments and go sell. Right. The selling is on selling your capability. Mm -hmm. And once you've got that, that trust with the client, mm -hmm. it's about running an efficient project. So when a client, like I'm just going to make one up, for example, say Tom Ford wants a new fragrance, would they, would they go to an, a perfume house to do that? Okay. So Absolutely. if Tom Ford is doing that, are they going to like basically put an RFP out to multiple, like, are they going to send something to Firmanish and IFF and, and Jividan and, and then compete for the, you guys compete for the business? Essentially. It's, it's not, it's not so much an RFP. There are relationships that are kind of longstanding with the, with the brands normally, I would yep. say. Absolutely. The brand would go and brief mm -hmm. all the houses mm -hmm. and then the game is on. Yep. The cool. competition starts. I love it. Okay, so how do you guys pick which mod you put in front of the client? What is the process there? Well, um, it's a very iterative process, and you're smelling with perfumers on a daily basis, mm -hmm. um, working towards getting the best fragrance that you possibly can that fits the brief. Mm -hmm. It might not always be your personal favorite fragrance direction. Right. So you have to be really objective. Um, and you just, you know, you're going through in your brain as you're smelling, you know, does this fit the brief? Is this the emotion we want to conjure up? Does it talk to the right color on the packaging that, mm -hmm. that the brand wants to convey? Is this meeting the white space in the, mm -hmm. in the brand? Mm -hmm. You know, all these things are coming into play when you're making that decision. And then you narrow down to which fragrance is best for, the, for that profile. So does the packaging typically come first and you uh, you guys are inspired by it or would does that ever come after? Ideally, yeah. ideally, you know, you have the perfumers and you can give them the, the packaging and the name and the color, but that's not, it, usually it's simultaneously, which is where you get into some trouble and you might have to start over if the packaging starts out to be, let's say, a pink color and ultimately it winds up to be a blue color, then you're going to change the juice because you want it to be a very cohesive story. Right. 
I'm really fascinated by, you know, you were talking about how you need to be objective, but I feel like fragrance is so subjective. And I feel like the perfect example of that is like, just so many people disagree on on what fragrances they like. It doesn't make a fragrance bad. It's just like, it might not be your scent profile. How do you remain objective? Or especially if you're smelling so many mods and they're, they're only slightly different from each other, how can you objectively be like, that's like, just how do you do it? It comes with practice. Yeah. It comes with a lot of practice and confidence mm-hmm. um, to decide, you know what? This one is just a little bit too green. It's a little bit just too rough. And this one has the right amount because mm-hmm. it's a little bit more comfortable. Or this one has the right amount of citrus because it has a little bit more of a juiciness, whereas mm-hmm. that one is a little bit maybe too functional. So it's really smelling and studying the fragrances and mm-hmm. studying them as a consumer. So it's not just smelling on blotter or you know one spot on your skin. It's wearing the fragrance if it's a perfume. You know, what is it like? Does it have the trail? Is it lasting long enough? Am I am I aware of it? Am I getting comments from people? Mm-hmm. Um, is it conjuring up the right feelings again or the right color? If it's a shampoo, it means using the shampoo and seeing. Am I getting the lift in the shower? Is it too much lift? Is it right. not enough lift? Right. It's using the candle. You know, it's does it smell the same way when we're burning it as it does when it's cold? Right. Um, so I, it's a lot of usage, a lot of consumer usage to make sure that the fragrance is performing the way that you need it to perform. The other thing I'll say, and I think we learned this from some of our, you know, our mentors, you always must smell in context. You mm-hmm. have to be smelling versus, say, the market benchmark mm-hmm. that you know the the client has has outlined in the brief that, you know, we're going after this brand. This is who our competitive set is. You have to be smelling in context because if you smell in a vacuum, you're never going to be good enough. Right. Because until you smell it against something that's on the market and super successful, you don't know if it's got the right sillage, if it's got the right creaminess, if it's got the right personality, the right hook, the right memorability. Right. So the context thing I think is huge. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You just sit in your little office and you smell, you're like, this is great. And then you take it. You can't smell in a bubble. Down the hall to another perfumer's desk and you smell it versus that one. It's like, nope, that one was not good. Wow. That's so interesting too. I mean, also because you guys do work on so many different products and budgets you cannot equate a fragrance you're working on that has a market point of like $180 with something you're selling for $13 in a pharmacy. Like it's just, how do you navigate that? Well, you kind of have to smell apples to apples. So you're Mm -hmm. not going to compare a Tom Ford fragrance to an Avon fragrance. You know, it's just, they're both great in their own right. Right. You're just not going to compare it. So like Kat said, you know, you focus on the benchmarks that are outlined in Mm -hmm. the brief and even benchmarks that we know, you know, fit the, fit the profile as well Mm -hmm. to give a really fair um, trial to Mm -hmm. the mods that, that we're working on. Interesting. You know, as we're talking here, I realized I normally do a whole intro with the podcast and I was so engrossed and just getting straight to the interview that I didn't even ask. But I would love to know the the three questions I always ask at the top of every episode, and maybe we'll leave it in the middle, um, are what are you guys currently wearing, if anything? Do you guys have like something you would consider a signature scent? And do you have any fragrance controversial opinions? I'm wearing absolutely nothing because um, I try and save my skin for evaluations. Right. Right. Um, A signature scent. If you were wearing something. I know what your signature scent is. 
I guess. It's the Laura Mercier. I, I, the Laura Mercier vanilla. I do. Ah. I love vanilla warm yeah. sensual fragrances. And yeah. that fragrance, it's a very light vanilla. It's yeah. not a very heavy, thick, sweet. It's a very kind of almost clean vanilla. So I guess my go-to comfort fragrance, if I'm not wearing something I'm working on, w- would be that. Nice. And do you have any, um, I always say it's like a fragrance hot take, like this is a, a fragrance everybody loves and you don't, or this is a fragrance that's generally not liked by people and you like it, or like a note you love that's controversial, air quotes. Um, oh, <laughs> I can think of a note. Oh, please, please <laughs> share. It's not a fragrance per se, but there's a note, um, Cassis. Okay. Which comes I from- I only know it in drinking form. Okay. <laughs> I actually don't mind it in drinking form. <laughs> yeah, I think I do. I like cassis, yeah. Um, but cassis for me has a very strong cat pee odor. Okay. So when I smell it in a fragrance, I'm quite turned off. But it is used by perfumers very, very often. And mm-hmm. it provides a lot of lift and a lot of juiciness. So I would never, when I'm working for, with a perfumer, I would never say, please don't ever use cassis. I would never say that about any note. Right. However, when it gets to a certain point where I can smell it in the fragrance is where it's too much. So, mm. and people love it. Some people just absolutely adore that note. And mm-hmm. it, for me, it's just not, not your pleasant. cup of tea. No. Yeah. And what about you, Catherine? Okay. So I also am not wearing anything right now, but I have, have been in a Bulgari, um, the white tea phase this nice. summer. I've just I just can't get enough of it. So that's been like my go-to all summer. I am kind of the opposite of Tammy in that most of the fragrances I really like are sort of those petally, dewy, light, almost transparent green fragrances like Mm -hmm. Muguet and things like Peony. So I love all those very light kinds of scents. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of what my go-to is. Or I go straight for Woody. So, you know, it was kind of like Oracy, Woody, Sandalwood, Patchouli, kind of things. Mm-hmm. I'm not so, I don't really like the sweet notes as much, but mm-hmm. I really like the darker woody. Um, you guys have such a complimentary yeah. energy and palette. Yeah. It's so funny. We, we are really, we are like really opposites in yep. so many ways, but just like, but glue at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so the second question. Um, signature scent did, or was that? Oh, signature scent. I would say maybe a, like light blue would be one that I would call a signature. I always have it. Yeah. Um, my first fragrance was Lauren, Ralph Lauren, Lauren, mm-hmm. um, because it's a green floral, little uh-huh. fruity. Yeah. But um, yeah, so that I would say my, my signature would be any of that in that genre of light, petally, mm-hmm. green floral. And the Parfum de Tay. And Parfum de Tay, which I wore on my wedding day. Oh, wait. Like, I it's, a Kenzo, it's a Kenzo fragrance. Okay. Um, and it is Muguet. Mm-hmm. Beautiful Muguet, fresh, beautiful, transparent, dewy kind of spring morning. And the reason for me that I love that scent is I grew up in northern, the northern part of the Midwest in Michigan, and mm-hmm. we have a lot of uh, lily of the valley and lilacs and all these really petally kind of you know cherry blossoms and things mm-hmm. like that in the spring. Um, and so it conjures up home for me. But it also, Muguet also makes me think of May Day in Paris, and I had to be in Paris once for a hol- over the holidays, over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the town was kind of closed down on a Sunday and I was walking around, but people were selling little bouquets of Muguet on the corner for May Day. Mm-hmm. And I, that was such a, an amazing memory for me. So this Kenzo Parfum d'Ete, mm-hmm. 
it means perfume of summer. Mm. Wait, what is Muguet for everyone listening? Oh, Lily of the Valley. Okay, because I was like, is I was nodding and then I was like, you know what? I don't know. Yes, Muguet <laughs> is the French word for Lily of the Valley. Okay, got it, and got it. you may remember from our classes that Lily of the Valley cannot be processed I remember. very easily. Yeah. Um, so most of the Muguet that we smell is synthetic mm-hmm. or headspace technology. So... Um, but it's a beautiful note. And you cannot get Kenzo Parfum d'Ete in the States anymore. So whenever I go to Asia, I always have to pick it up in the duty-free in this tiny little microscopic bottle that I'll show you later. Oh, good. I'm excited to smell it. I'm, I, I want to smell what you got married in. Um, okay, so do you have any fragrance hot takes? I don't think so. I, there's nothing I really hate. Or it could be something that you love. Like, I don't know, do you like, it could even just be a scent thing. Like you like the smell of bathroom cleaner or like anything. I don't mind cassis. Okay. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Once again, this energy is, they're really feeding off each other. I mean, Tammy, we call Tammy the cassis police. Cassis police. (laughs) And I am kind of like, well, I don't smell it as cat pee. I smell it as bright, a little green, a little yeah. <laughs> energy, you know. There's so. a fine line between like bright green and cat pee. Yes. And yeah. That's cat sees the silver lining. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh my God. That's so funny. What was the first project that you guys worked on at IFF that you were just like, I am doing this. Like the first thing you were like super excited about. Axe Dark Temptation without a doubt. Yeah. Was that with Anne? Yes, it was. It was. That's so cool. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All circles back. Yeah. It does. Wow. It all circles back. One of the back. most exciting, creative, fun. The project the, the teams were great. We were all in sync. The synergy was amazing between the brand, you know, with Anne, with with our team, with the perfumers. The perfumers just got it. And we did something really fun. Yeah. We to actually them. Yep. We brought in um the flavor division and we did a um a tasting with all of the Ben and Jerry's ice creams. And um, the fragrance was actually built around the chocolate therapy Ben and Jerry flavor. What? Does Ben and Jerry's know that? I don't don't know. Ben or Jerry, if if you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cool. Yeah, it was was such a fun project. And, And because of that, we had the flavor division come in. So that was highly unusual for a deodorant, especially right. um, for fragrance and flavors to be working together. So it was really, it was just so exciting. It was a great vibe. It was a lot of fun and it was a huge success on the market, which makes it even that much more fun. I So I remember when I was interviewing Anne and she was talking about Axe, I was like, how do you get in the mind of that consumer, you know, it's like a, like a 14 year old, like what was the, what was the demo research you guys did to understand that consumer? Okay, well, I can talk firsthand because my boys at the time were the perfect age. Okay. <laughs> so I, I had some consumer testing going on in my home right. on a daily basis. Um, two boys and their friends and their, you know, stinky friends. Right. <laughs> and I would have them, I, you know, putting out their arms and I'd be spraying on them. And, right. Um, they you know, come home to their parents smelling like chocolate. Exactly. And like, oh. Exactly. <laughs> and, um, you know, they, they have one thing on their mind, these boys. And... Mm-hmm. Um, so they were chocolate. Very, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> um, so you just for me, it was, you know, I just had the boys in, in front of me all the time. So it was just I would ask them questions mm-hmm. and, you know, really probe them for what they liked and what they didn't like and what they would wear. And so the thing that's so fascinating about Axe is that 
the perfumers that work on that brand are the same perfumers that create these fantastic, beautiful prestige fragrances. Right, right. And so people don't understand that behind yeah, the scenes. Right. There yeah. are six hundred ish perfumers in the world that create everything from your, you know, these same perfumers will create a hair care product and they will create a fine fragrance. And they, mm-hmm. you know, it's the same group of people. They all have their own specialties and their areas of expertise. But for Axe, it was very much fine fragrance inspired. And so you wanted to use that kind of creativity, mm-hmm. but you wanted to make it easier and you wanted to make it more simple to understand, mm-hmm. more wearable, but you didn't want it to smell like a deodorant. You right. know, it was this beautiful fine idea yeah. of clean, but also complex and beautiful and creative. Right. And so that was the magic of... Yeah. of and it was a challenge. It really was a challenge. I'm sure, too, in the price point that to just find ingredients that would yep. smell yeah. like, yeah. like high quality, like what you were going for. Yeah, we pushed the perfumers really hard mm-hmm. um, because it was new to them at the time. And, you know, to be working a fine fragrance direction for a, a deodorant. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they, they met the challenge. They really... Right. Yeah, if anyone Gen Z is listening to this, I, and you have to understand there was a world before Axe, and it didn't consist of the, like, the idea of being able to get like a body spray deodorant that smelled like a fragrance was not really a thing. It was I mean, not, no. You know, we you, had our Right Guard, we had our Old Spice, right. yeah. you know, our Irish Spring deodorant. That's, right. that's what. No, Axe was revolutionary, it was. and it, it shaped that. I mean, that's a smell of my youth, and yeah. um, I, that was like what was like the seductive the seductive fragrance at the time and you know a little controversial I think like people would say in schools it's too strong and you know there's all that there's that whole thing right that's because people would spray it in lockers and like hot bomb a locker close it and you open it up and you like you get like a whiff of axe when you trust a 13 year old with something so powerful you're going to be disappointed (laughs) especially (laughs) because they would use it instead of a shower Yes. You know, they could, they exactly. felt like, oh, I can put this Why on like, and I don't have to, to shower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> no, I love it. I, are there any projects you guys worked on, um, that you were personal consumers of or that you were like, I, now that I've created this, I'm going to wear it. Or do you feel like by the time you're done, you're like so over a project that you can't? I think a lot of the fragrance, like Euphoria for men and women, you know, I wore that fragrance. I still every now and then pick it up to wear. The men's, I would, you know, pick up to wear Mm -hmm. for my husband or my kids. Um, So all the fine fragrance, even I would say some body lotions and... And a lot of the hair care things I worked on when I lived in London. I ran Mm -hmm. um, global hair care for a, a big consumer products company. And every time we created a fragrance in hair care, I, I used that product, Wow! Yeah. whether it was right for my hair or not, because I, the scent for me was so, such a emotional, yeah, it's like a trophy. It's it like is. a trophy. But you created it. Yeah. It's also like an old friend. Right. You know, like you, you, especially if you pick it up like a few months later or a year later, right. you're like, it is, it's like an old friend because you've seen these fragrances, whether the end use is a fine fragrance or a hair care product, Mm -hmm. you've seen them develop from infancy, from just an accord or an ingredient to a finished fragrance on the market. And they, you know, you name the fragrances internally. So they have a name and as, as you modify the fragrance and they grow and they develop, they, they have personalities to them and they become like babies that, and children that, that develop. So it is like an old friend. It's like a right. hug from an old friend. I'd right. say there are very few that we worked on that by the end 
we're sort of over it. Yeah. It, it yeah. Always, you always love to go back because right. it brings back, it's, as we know, it's just so um, intrinsically connected to your memory and your emotion that when you smell something that you worked on with a perfumer, you know, through all the toil and the sweat and the angst, that it's just a happy moment yeah. to smell it in a product uh, and yeah. see it on the shelf. Is, that's the best thing. It must be so cool to just walk through life, walk into stores and just know like all these different, and also fragrance is so personal that if what you're creating on the marketplace is a fragrance, you're touching someone's personal, like this is like, I wore this on my wedding day. Right. I remember wearing this to, I'm making this, I don't think people do this, but like, this is what I wore at my baby shower. Like these are like memories yeah. that get wrapped into people people's do. lives. Absolutely. Right. Are there any brands right now that you think are like best in class? You're just re really enjoying how they're developing their fragrances. I think Gucci is doing a beautiful job with yeah. their fine fragrance. I think Marc Jacobs has done a phenomenal job Yeah. with their fragrances. Joe Malone. Joe Malone, absolutely. Yeah. Beautiful, creative, yep. always something new. Mm -hmm. Candles and their fine fragrance. Mm -hmm. Right. Diptyque. Diptyque. I love Diptyque. I love Diptyque. Yeah. I think both of us probably feel this way that we are very much drawn to those brands that really put perfumery and materials at the center of their development. Mm -hmm. So brands that are really respecting the craft, mm -hmm. I think, and, and using beautiful materials and investing in the materials and just letting the fragrances speak for themselves and not playing it so safe. Mm -hmm. that, that's the thing that I think, there's a lot of same, same, same that can be out there, a lot of mm -hmm. me too. And I think the, the brands that we're really appreciating that we just spoke about are the ones that are trying to do something different and mm -hmm. make, make the star of the show, the ingredients, the right. notes, the beauty of the notes, the perfumer, you know, Frederick, the Frederick Mal fragrances. I mean, if, if there's a brand that really puts the perfumer at the center, right. you can't, you can't right. beat that. Yeah. He puts the names of the perfumers oh, yeah, on, on the bottle, on the bottle yeah. which is right. phenomenal. Right. I'm, big fan of that because they shouldn't be the ghostwriters. They should be forefront, just like any other artist or author. Right. Are perfumers like celebrities in the fragrance world? Like who, who do you think it's the most clout in the, is it the developers or the perfumers or? It should always be the perfumers yeah. because yeah. they are the true creators. Right. They are the artists and um, so talented, really, really talented. And, you know, it's a balance between art and science. So mm -hmm. It's not easy. And it's really interesting because I think there are some perfumers that don't actually like to be the center of tension. Mm -hmm. they, they would really prefer to just kind of do their work quietly and not be, you know, sort of out there. Mm -hmm. um, and there are a lot of perfumers that really enjoy having that opportunity to talk about their work. So it's really, it's, it's like anybody, you mm -hmm. know, any group of people. There are some that are more introverted, some that are more extra, extroverted, but they're really truly the ones that understand how to use all those materials, how to put them together in combinations that are beautiful, how to put them together in a base that say like a toilet bowl cleaner. Mm -hmm. It's a very, very harsh chemical base. Right. And perfumers, there are perfumers that know how to create something that smells pretty good in right. a very acidic base. Yeah, it's I, remarkable. I feel like know? people need to give a little bit more credit to cleaning products, and they do. Just thinking about the fact that someone knew how to work with the, the harsh chemicals of something you would clean a toilet bowl with and make it smell some like something that's at least fresh or pleasant or clean, even good. Yeah, yeah. pleasant. Yeah. Wow. A lot of those bases without a fragrance, mm -hmm. you know, 
there's certainly people that are averse to fragrance, but a lot of products that we use, mm -hmm. if you used them without scent, they would not smell good. You would not want to put it on your body or in your, in your home. Mm -hmm. So fragrance does serve, it's not just about beauty. It's also about covering maybe a product that doesn't smell so good on its own. So, right. and we don't know that because people don't launch products that smell bad. Right. You don't see all the behind the scenes of exactly. everything that didn't get approved. Yeah. Do you guys think that there's any trend that, that's happening right now that people should be aware of? Or like, what do you think the future of fine fragrance trends is headed? Well, I think right now it's all about comfort. Mm -hmm. I think COVID has really put comfort, you know, at the forefront. Mm -hmm. People are really just interested in fragrances that they're comfortable with, that are friendly, that they just, you know, feel very much at home with, mm -hmm. that make them feel comfortable, that they're not so maybe new and edgy. Mm -hmm. um, but I also think that clean in a very kind of pretty or masculine way, depending if it's a men's or women's fragrance, I think is also very, very critical. Mm -hmm. And I also think it's about the, the fragrance for the wearer mm -hmm. as opposed to all of the people around. So I think it could be any fragrance family, as long as it's for the actual wearer and not maybe having the presence of a fragrance walking into the room before, before the wearer does. Right. I think the other side of that too, I think that fragrance, because we're all kind of stuck, like I, I, my husband, and I happen to be big global travelers. We, mm -hmm. you know, we always have a big trip or two mm -hmm. someplace far away that we've never been to for, for people that can't go. I think fragrance is also providing an amazing escape. Yeah to sure. take you to places that you can't go to right now. And mm -hmm. that, that is yeah. also comfortable and happy and makes you feel good um, and maybe a little reminiscent. I think the other trend outside of olfaction is the trend towards clean, sustainable, you know, all of these kinds of words. I think the, just the transparency element, people's awareness of what is in their product. Mm -hmm. um, just as we are now more aware of the fact that there's a perfumer at the heart of a fragrance right. that we didn't used to talk about, mm -hmm. now we are much more aware of what's in our fragrance. And I think we as an industry have a lot of work to do to educate consumers that just because it's not natural doesn't mean it's bad. And just because it is natural doesn't mean it's good. And yes, um, I'm very can, much on that bandwagon. Yeah. yeah. And you can have naturals that maybe scorched earth has happened in order to get those naturals. Right. And now you've decimated a crop someplace. Right. They're natural, but you've done real, some real harm to the, to the earth right. in order to get them. So right. the idea of sustainability and responsible farming and cooperate cooperation between the farmers and the the fragrance houses as mm -hmm. their sourcing materials and responsible, you know, just responsible relationships in that way. That I think is so exciting. And green chemistries, you know, what can we use that's a byproduct of a process as a feedstock to make a synthetic fragrance material. Like heads, headspace, right? Well, headspace, but also using waste product, like waste product from pine, um, uh, production or paper production, wow. things like that, that could be waste products that now you're using as a feedstock to make a synthetic ingredient. That's really cool. Rather than using a, petro uh, a petroleum feedstock. Wow. So there's so much that, that, you know, that whole idea of green chemistry, using things that we are already, are already mm -hmm. there as a mm -hmm. waste byproduct from something else, use it as to make something new. So there's recycling in the perfume industry, just Absolutely. like there is yeah. in the rest of the world. Yeah. Yep. And it, there, there's some really interesting podcasts I've heard from some of these companies that are doing this type mm -hmm. of work. And it's, it's just fascinating. So we're no longer using petroleum mm -hmm. feedstocks for some of these things. 
And it's just a slow, it's a slow process. It doesn't happen overnight. But I think that's the other trend that there is an element of the consumer population that's super interested in that. Right. And yeah, we have absolutely. A job to do. And I also think it's challenging the perfumers to work in a different way. Right. right. So um, I think that they're always up for a, a new challenge also. And mm-hmm. then because of that, the signatures of fragrances are going to evolve and, and become new and innovative and, and distinctive just because they're going to work with different notes in a different way. Wow. Are there any brands you guys know of that have really made that like a, a green initiative of theirs that are doing that? I guess Henry Rose. Yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer brand. Oh, yeah. I've, I've seen like Instagram ads for that. Yeah. One. That's so, so she's using recycled. Um, I don't know. I don't know about the I don't know about the green chemistry element of it, but I know she's very focused. She's EWG certified. And cradle to cradle. Yeah. Very clean. Olika. Olika hand sanitizer. The hand sanitizer brand that we have there on the on the counter um, has done a really good job of developing fragrances that are responsible Mm -hmm. and it's it's not all naturals it's a a blend of both but you know responsibly creating fragrances that are clean wow this is really cool i mean i feel like you hear a lot about um you know going paraben or sulfate free and that's kind of where my mind goes when i hear something is like a a clean fragrance but i didn't know about this whole recycling element of the production of it there is a, a feeling that the fragrance industry is bad because it's been very secretive. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just an old craft mm-hmm. and you can't patent a perfume. Mm-hmm. So there is definitely secrecy because if I create a fragrance and it's launched in a brand, mm-hmm. that brand cannot patent the scent. The fragrance house can't patent the scent. The perfumer can't patent the scent. So there is there has historically been sort of this close to the best kind of concept because you don't you don't want to give away your artistic... Right. Formula. Yeah. Right. right. So so because of that, I think there's now this suspicion that, oh, they're keeping secrets from us and there's all kinds of bad stuff in those perfumes. Mm-hmm. And it's not that at all. It is a self-regulated industry. It's it's scrutinized, you know, all the time materials are right. scrutinized, scrutinized. So there's a safety element that's already there. And for me, the real story is not that what we have in there is not safe, but can we can we farm these things? Can we process these things? Can we use feedstocks that are more healthy, clean, renewable? Mm-hmm. And that's the story. It's not that there's bad stuff in there. Mm-hmm. It's that we can do things in a more responsible way so that they are just better overall for the environment. Wow. I'm just taking in the A little knowledge. bit of a soapbox <laughs> yeah, there. No, no. I think that's really cool. And that's a, it's an angle that I haven't thought about before. I want to ask you guys some personal questions. Um, do you have any strong scent memories? It doesn't have to be a fragrance. I mean, it can be a fragrance of like a smell of your childhoods. Smell of my childhood. Well, Copper Tone is, Copper I would tone. say, my first childhood memory. Sure. Um, I grew up on Long Island. My grandparents lived in Long Beach. So we went to Long Beach every single weekend and being mm-hmm. at the beach and being slathered with Copper Tone all over. So that that the smell of Copper Tone just brings me right there. It brings me to the beach with my family and... Mm-hmm being washed in the little tub in my grandparents' house. Right. Like I just, it just brings me straight to the beach. With that said, do you, what are your opinions on sunscreen scented fragrances? Cause there's so many out right now. I love it. I yeah. think it's great. You like that Yes, genre? because I do. I think it brings people to the beach and whether it's vacation or yeah. something growing up, it transports them to a place that they're very happy. Right. What about you? And mine is, is uh, lilac because mm-hmm. At the back of our yard growing up, we had massive lilac hedges. Mm-hmm. 
And That's nice. we used to go out and cut a bouquet. My, my sister and I would go out and cut a bouquet before dinner. And we always had a bouquet of lilacs on our dining room table. And that was just always, my stepmom always was like, okay, girls, time to go get the bouquet. And we'd go with our little scissors and make our little lilac bouquet and put it on the table. And that, so the smell of lilac, lilac can be a little bit dirty. I mean, when you smell a lilac close in, it's not really necessarily gorgeous. Mm -hmm. It's a little rough, but it just brings me back to those family moments Mm -hmm. that, you know, it's are really happy. It's beautiful and dirty at the same yeah, time. Yeah, I feel like a lot of flowers they have are. that quality Absolutely. where it's like if you learn to appreciate the, the note, right. you can appreciate, like, and I think that that's something that really evolved when I took courses with you guys because I was like, I don't want endolic fragrances. I don't want to, like, to me, the way that I think of endolic fragrances is almost like bad breath. Like it's like a flower with bad breath on it. And it's like really grown like on that. me. And I I really, I've evolved as a That's consumer. That's great. Your scent memories are great, Emma. Yeah, they are. I remember that from our courses yep. together. You always oh, have great, great scent stories. memories and yep. associations. I love I, that. I just have always loved scent. I mean, well, lilac for me, um, we we did not have any lilac hedges in my backyard, but my mom is obsessed with lilacs and the reason I have it associated with my childhood is because she would go to the park and illegally cut lilac hedges. <laughs> and so if my town, if town, is, if town and Rex, yeah, if you, park and Rex, if you're listening to this, no, she didn't. Um, but that's like, she would literally go, it was like the crime. That was my mom's crime. The crime you know? She was a good citizen of society, but she stole lilacs from the park. Um, I will admit I have also stolen lilacs because we have planted tons of lilacs in, in our home in Michigan. Yeah. But they are young. They don't grow the same way that the older ones Aww. down the road do. So I've picked a few when I'm out <laughs> for mean, a run. You know, snack a few gotta, as I run by. You gotta yeah. do what you gotta do. <laughs> if it's for a happy memory, then, you know, it, they deserve to be in a home where they'll be loved. Exactly. exactly. So you did the right thing. You've adopted those lilacs. And that was really. Thank you for condoning my. Yes. <laughs> yes that was, if anything, it was benevolent of you to, to do that. Um, <laughs> Do you guys think there is a fragrance note that doesn't get enough? I kind of have a guess of what you'll say, but do you think there's a fragrance note that doesn't get enough credit? Like whether it's in a lot of fragrances or you're just like, why is no one talking about this note? It smells so good. Do you think tuberose? That tuberose has got a bit of a bad rap in the 80s maybe. Yeah. Um, And fracas. Did yeah. a beautiful job with, with tuberose. It is a harder note to work with. Mm-hmm. Maybe that, that would be one. I mean, the idea, I think people like the idea of tuberose, but when they smell it, it's a little bit overwhelming. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's beautiful. And I think it is a little bit harder for maybe perfumers to work with. So typically they always go back to the Fraca formula as, as, as inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think there's a material that we both happen to love and that's Oris. I was hoping you'd say okay. it. I don't think it gets a bad rap or I just don't think people know enough about what it is and to appreciate where it comes from. Right. Because, you know, the whole, it takes three years to grow the iris, Mm -hmm. to harvest the rhizome. Then you store it for another three years. It's crazy. And then you process it. Right. I also think that it is such a beautiful note. And I fully agree. I'm wearing an oris fragrance right now. It's so memorable and it's, it's, it's very recognizable and it's so distinctive, but yet I don't think the consumer is 100% comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not used as, 
often as some of the other notes. So it's kind of in the background it is a, a little bit. a bit more niche, like the Prada. Absolutely. And it's definitely yeah. more unique and different, but mm. exquisite. I mean, that is a note that we absolutely agree on 150%. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're big fans of, of that note. What's I the find it? So I'm wearing Commodity Oris, which mm-hmm. is now discontinued, and I don't <gasps> understand. I mean, Commodity is back, but Oris is discontinued, and I'm like, this was, you know, I had their whole discovery set, and it just... Oris changed my life and I became obsessed with it and I started ordering any sample I could find with like a prominent right. Oris note and then I took your guys course and you talked about Oris and I was like okay I found my people like I'm, <laughs> if these guys are saying Oris is good I'm like I trust my taste because I was like I love and I think commodity Oris is like just one and I, I have other Oris scents I really enjoy um, because literally if I see an Oris variance I just like have to sample it. Yep. But that is my favorite one, and now it doesn't exist anymore, and I only have a little travel size of it. And It's like my Kenzo Parfum de Thé. Yeah. So you just exciting. have to treasure it and wear it on the most I, well, special I moments. I today, so it's a very special, special occasion. Moment. Keep yes. it in the refrigerator because your fragrances will last longer. That is such a good tip. It will extend the shelf life. Oh, all all wow. your fragrances. Yeah. Like, you know those mini beauty fridges? Should I? Maybe I should get one of those. I don't know. Okay. I've seen like beauty influencers with like little desk fridges and they keep like creams in there, but. I have a second refrigerator down. <laughs> just for perfume? For just a fragrance. Oh, I need to get on your level. That is really. <laughs> a little one would not work for us. No, 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 no. We need, we need bigger. Okay, so let's settle this. We talked about this before we started recording, but I would like to um, settle this debate once and for all. I have gone back and forth in videos. How do we pronounce N-E-R-O-L-I? Narrowly. Okay, you guys heard an expert. <laughs> narrowly. Okay, don't take my word for it. Narrowly. That is how I will say it from this point forward exclusively. So we have a special treat. We are now live in the Serendipity studio and we have some fragrances. We are also joined now by a brand new guest, Wyatt, who is the editor and sound guy and all the behind the scenes behind this podcast is here. And we are going to smell different notes, different fragrances, different serendipity projects. And why I'm very excited for your opinion, because you yes. you edit this podcast and you're always like, what is that note? What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, Emma said so many times uh, all these notes. And I finally texted her. I was like, hey, when am I ever going to be able to smell any of these? And she was like, well, we're going to serendipity tom- like tomorrow or whatever. Yeah. And it was just kismet. Perfect. Here we yeah. are. Perfect timing. Yeah. We're okay. really excited to have you join us. Thank <laughs> you. It's been great. Um, yeah. So maybe I was thinking one of the things that you guys taught me when I was in class with you was just thinking of fragrance beyond, um, you know, like what you were saying, like smelling it and picturing music and textures. And what's your what's your advice for smelling a, a note or a fragrance like that? Sometimes people get really stuck. They smell something and they feel like they have to be able to identify all the different notes that are in there. And that's really hard to do. So an easy way to be able to talk about a fragrance, if you're not an expert, or even if you are an expert and you just can't quite identify what you're smelling, is to use other types of language. So think of a person, think of a color, Mm -hmm. think of a place, a shape, music, like you Mm -hmm. said, texture, fabric is Mm -hmm. great. Anything that, because we all do have certain common language. Mm -hmm. So if you say, it smells sky blue to me, Mm -hmm. I know what that means. Right. But if you you say I, there's something that I can't figure out what it is, but I don't like it, that doesn't help it's me. It's not helpful, help. right. right? So so use other types of language that are are familiar and common types of. You can use cooking terms. You mm-hmm. can use wine terms. Great. 
Anything that comes to mind, there's really no right or wrong. It's just what what you connect. Has it's so interesting because I so I have a my degree is in audio, and the same sort of thing. Like people, we describe audio like something that's very bassy, is very um, you know very thick and very warm sounding, and very and something that's you know higher frequencies are described as very bright. So it's these things that are like adjectives you use that are very like visual or in, in a totally different space yeah. than what you're actually well, hearing or something like that. It's funny because in fragrance we use a lot of terms that right. are in music. Notes, yes. accords, yeah. right. compositions. So The senses are all connected. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's great. Yeah. There's a, a okay. lot of similar terms. Wow. Okay, so which one should we start with so first? We're going to smell. First we're going to smell some ingredients before we go to some projects. Great. So if you want to pick up your blotter that says bergamot. Okay. So it's a beautiful citrus note. And should it be bent this way? Yeah, we, okay. um, we bend the blotters up so that way when you put it down on the table, it doesn't contaminate the table and okay. the blotter itself doesn't get contaminated. And then you smell it bent down. Yep. So that way you put it right underneath your nose. Don't let it touch your nose because you don't want to contaminate your nose. Right. Right. So just kind of wave it under both nostrils. So it's a beautiful citrus note. It's very bright. It's very sparkling. It's fresh. It reminds people of Earl Grey tea. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely get that. Yeah, I get a I get a zesty mm -hmm. smell. Yeah, but it feels um, softer and less harsh than when I think of like a lime or a or mm -hmm. a lemon. It's much it's more smoother. elegant and yeah. refined. It feels exactly. like like a twist on a like a nice cocktail. Like yes. you get that, that mm -hmm. nice exactly. top note of right. There's something of, yeah. fresh. fresh and clean, mm -hmm. but very mm -hmm. refined. Right, mm -hmm. absolutely. And it's a top note. It's very volatile. It flashes off very, very quickly. It it's doesn't a, last long. Okay. Go ahead. And it's a very weird looking little citrus fruit. It's all kind of bumpy and not so pretty. And you don't eat them. Right. Because they're extraordinarily bitter. So bergamot is a fruit. It's a citrus yes. fruit. It's okay. a citrus fruit. Okay. Yep. Okay. So pick up the next one. It's called Narrowly. Narrowly, do you guys Narrowly. all hear yes, that? All Those of you that are listening, hey. Narrowly. not narrowly. Don't come for me. Okay. How what's how did people how did you pronounce it before? Um, I would I thought it was uh, Neroli. Then I learned from these ladies it's Narrowly. Right, right. Then I was getting hate telling me that it's Neroli, and then I was just back to square one. <laughs> but I tend to side with the experts. Absolutely. So. Yeah. And I think if you if you speak to any French perfumer, they're going to tell you it's Narrowly. Okay, so. You guys that's, heard it from the experts. That's, you know, how, we were, that's, we that's how we yeah. learned. Yeah. Right. Well, actually, after the um, episode came out with Anne, she sent me an email about how she enjoyed it and was like, and FYI, it's sillage, not sillage. And I was like, thank you, Anne. <laughs> <laughs> so if listeners listen back and you hear sillage. So episodes just one through 12, you might hear me in. talk about sillage, but <laughs> exclusively here on out, sillage. Sillage. Yes. That is the trail. <laughs> So this is a very like flowery scent. I'm very floral, very, narrowly, floral, yes. yes, floral. Yeah, I think of narrowly. I think of narrowly um, <laughs> as very gr like a green yeah. type of like citrus. Like mm. it feels very stemmy to me. Yeah, it's green. It it's smells orangey but stemmy, and mm -hmm. fresh and cologne like. Right. Sparkling. Yeah. Orange. Yeah. Oh, you know what might be helpful if do, can we think of any like fragrance cannons that are like. Uh, like narrowly heavy or like a very popular bergamot. 
bergamot. <laughs> the Joe Malone Neroli fragrance the is beautiful. Neroli and basil. Basil. Yes. It's beautiful. Oh, that's, I, mean, oh, I need sure. to smell that. That those is gorgeous. Beautiful. Beautiful. I just ran out. I literally just ran out. That's such lunch. a nice, uh, those two notes together mm-hmm. sound amazing. I love Joe Malone grapefruit. That is like, to me, it smells like just fresh, but there's something woody in there and mossy, but it's like, you just got out of the shower, but there's like a woody feeling to it. Supported. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. A lot of, a lot of European, um, there's sort of this eau de cologne that you smell everywhere in Europe. Like if you go into a a nice hotel in, in Europe, you might, your, your body wash that's in the shower might have kind of an eau de cologne, which is narrowly, right. very mm-hmm. narrowly heavy. It's for them, it's very well understood note. I think for us here in this country, we don't, it's we don't know it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so beautiful. What was that? There was the like classic cologne that you guys said was like the oldest cologne. And oh, that was the, very um, narrowly to me. Was it just called? Well, 4711 is 47, the one that people yes. know of. That's what I was thinking yeah. of. But Eau de Cologne, the original Eau de Cologne was, was created by a man in 1709, mm. uh, wow. an Italian perfumer, uh, Jean-Marie Farina, who lived in Cologne, the town of Cologne. Okay. And he created this combination of materials that included Neroli. And he, as an homage to this town that welcomed him, he called it Eau de Cologne. Mm-hmm. A little historical fact. Can I ask a dumb question? How far back does like perfuming go? Like way, 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 like ancient Egyptian ancient, yeah. style. All okay. ancient people's sure. scent. No. Yeah. Cool. This is, <laughs> this is history. Back to the glove makers. The next bladder is called labdanum. Labdanum. Another one that I thought was labdanum. Labdanum. And then learned it was labdanum. A lot of the pronunciations are not like intuitive, at least to mm-hmm. me. Right. We haven't even talked about sheep. I know. Oh, I know. Or yeah. I thought galbanum was galbanum. Oh, I thought it was labdanum and galbanum. Yeah. I love labdanum. Yes, it's beautiful. This is crazy sense memory of like my grandfather made a lot of, he like worked with a lot of um, like model making, like wood making and his workshop smelled This does smell like a workshop. Yes. So interesting. It's very incense-y. Incense-y. A lot of people think it reminds them of church. Sure, yeah. Like a hot sauna. I get like a mezcal-y kind of vibe. It kind of smells like, like a smoky mezcal. With like a little bit of like some leathery yeah. elements yep. to it. Like a good musk. But also like yeah. sawdusty. Yeah. Like, yeah. like a wood Woody. shop, like this you is, said. Yeah, this I love this. It's beautiful. There's a lot of popular men's fragrances that have strong um, labdanum in them. So well, maybe perfect. maybe we got to go clone shopping for you. Absolutely. <laughs> That'll be episode 50 yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> That's a special episode. And then why take Live. bird door side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fun one to go to. <laughs> They'd be like, can you get out of our store? Um, <laughs> you can't record in here. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so vetiver. Pick up okay. the oh. vetiver. Beautiful woody note. Oh, I love it. Oh, wow, yeah. Okay, so I did a video describing, I actually started a series where I was talking about describing how notes smell without using any fragrance terms. And vetiver, raw, to me, reminds me of the non-toxic paint that like art teachers had that you would squeeze out. It was like Crayola brand or something. There's something about the smell that smells like something I used to paint with in art class. That was huh. interesting. I get peanuts. Peanuts? Oh. Well, I'm allergic to peanuts, so this is a problem. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm getting like very, just a very minty, like a, a f- good fresh minty. Mm-hmm. Like an aromatic kind yeah. of. Yeah. This is why the power of suggestion and also people's memories, like yeah. we are all taking something yeah, different. different. Something yeah. yeah. Smelling the same thing, but right. something different. Right. 
So that's the beauty of smelling in a group. Right. Like we were talking about earlier, if you smell in a bubble, you just have your own opinion, which is important to have your own right. opinion. But when you smell in a group and you're like, oh, wow, I can smell that minty note now. I didn't really get right. it before. Right. So then all of a sudden you're starting to get a much more broader perspective of what um, what the note is smelling like. And I totally get the mint and the peanuts now that I'm searching Our for suggestion. it. Exactly. So interesting. Are there a lot of fragrance notes that are synthetic that are actually other notes and it's the power of suggest like there are notes these days that I see that are listed like popcorn, gunpowder. I'm thinking specifically right. of like a tatli like a fragrance I just saw with like some wacky notes. But are they actually other notes under the guise of like fun things because of the power of suggestion? Well, they're probably combinations of things that give you the effect. Right. So popcorn has probably got like a buttery note. Right. and It's a, probably a little bit of an accord in the fragrance and they're calling out the popcorn note. Sweetness, saltiness. Vetiver is so refined to me. Yeah. It's like yeah. so Beautiful. expensive smelling. Very elegant quality. Yeah. And it, it smells wet and dry at the same time. That's what's so interesting to me about what it smells like like wet hay kind of. It's like yes. damp, yeah. but it's dry. Yeah. And it I is like so that. interesting that you say peanuts just because like I have no you don't basis know of knowledge. Yeah, for yeah. That. allergic. Exactly. exactly, yeah, that's just so But you can, know, you can smell that and you won't be allergic to right. it. <laughs> <laughs> sure. like, I love to smell like a chocolate note because I can get my chocolate fix and it's right. calorie free. Right. There you go, <laughs> best diet ever exactly. is Axe Dark Temptations. Yeah. <laughs> That is also, I was, I, I wanted so bad to, to chime in there. That's so interesting that something that I grew up with seeing on the shelf and like your, your son is in my age bracket mm -hmm. and you testing it on him, something that like is so broadly used everywhere yeah. that he would just go to school and be like, oh yeah, mom yeah. sprayed this <laughs> on me or whatever. Had something to do with the development of like the best of selling. Yeah. yeah. He needs well, a little more credit, I, I think. <laughs> Both of them, because they're only a year apart. So I had I had a, a lot of consumers wow. right. in my home. If, I don't know if they're single, but if they're on dating apps, they should be like, I am the inspiration behind Axe. <laughs> You're welcome and sorry. <laughs> and yeah, sorry. Um. <laughs> That's very funny. Do you have oak moss? Yep. Oak moss. So it's a very mossy, woody note, very wow. humid. Yes. Yeah. Very humid. You know, th I didn't get this the first time I smelled it in the class, but I'm getting something almost a little like oody right it's now. Smoky. Yeah. Very smoky very right smoky now. Smoky right yeah. now. When I've smelled Salty. it previously, I've smelled something sort of like mossy and fizzy, and. This is the first time it smells almost like airy and I'm getting a lot of is the Is this the one that you think that you say note. smells like zing? Yeah, yeah I was okay. trying to describe oak moss in an episode and I just like the first thing that, that kept coming to me was like zzz, like I just felt like it was like effervescent. I, I get that. But I'm not get I don't know if I'm getting it on this blotter. I I got the effervescent now. Yeah. For, yeah. First it was very the mossy and the humid note. Yeah. Now I'm getting the effervescent and I'm getting the salty note yeah. a lot. It's yeah. just salty changed. coming. This is my sense memory for an art class. This reminds me a lot of like art room, high school or something I, like I get that. that too. I'm trying, Wood I want to compare kind it of. to that. Yeah, yeah. And the last note we're going to smell is galbanum. I love galbanum. Mm -hmm. I so too. it's, it is a beautiful note. It's very distinctive, very green bean or like green pea. Yes, it smells yeah. like peas. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's very strong. Yeah. It's, it really, when it's used in a perfume, it, it, it's very strong. It gives a lot of memorability and distinction and personality to fragrances. It ages in very strongly. So the perfume is really kind of have to dose it sure. in. 
It I'm kind of slowly. smells like a mix of corn and peas. Which mm. is why I don't like it because I remember always being a kid. My mom's like, you got to eat your peas. And I was like, I'm going to hate peas for the rest of my life. So you say that you guys love it. I'm like, mm. But that's not like the most appetizing <laughs> so to me. Green. And yet I love this. I sure. Think yeah. It's just green. Maybe not corn, but it's very green it's and crisp. Yes. It feels yeah. like when you, when you snap a green bean. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Right. Right. Yeah. You can hear yeah. the snap. You can actually. hear the snap. Yeah, it's very the crisp. The snap, like when you wow, open a yeah. snap pea, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for everyone listening, these are not like boiled peas. No. These right. are like fresh, fresh off the stem. Off the vine. Yeah. yeah, cracked. Poured into a bowl and microwaved. That's no. what No, <laughs> even microwaved. Just, just pull them out of the pot and eat Cut them in the plug. Um. Well, that was all right. Okay, so you guys also have um, some sense that you have developed um, through serendipity, right? Yes. So what we have here, we're going to smell a project that we're working on. It's a fine fragrance project. We're not going to talk about the brand. Okay. But um, we have a target fragrance, um, the benchmark, mm -hmm. and we're trying to improve the longevity and the wear of the fragrance and the sillage. The sillage, mm. okay. So I will put them on. Oh, you're gonna put oh, them on? Okay. Yeah, we'll actually do a real evaluation. Oh, good, Great. okay. Oh, this is so, I've always wondered how you do it. Okay, mm -hmm. so let's do a bit, Wyatt, why don't you explain what you're seeing right now? So, um, Tammy has removed her jacket and is putting on little, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going play by play. She's got little tiny, um, uh, stickers, dots. different, yeah. yeah, like dot stickers of different colors. I'm placing them on like different parts of her arm where I, I'm assuming not to get ahead of ourselves, but she's going to spray a scent on each of the colors and we'll smell her arm. That's that right. makes so much sense because I'm like, I would totally lose track. How do you remember what you sprayed? And it's actually... It's pretty obvious of what you do. And what you do is you put them on in the order so that if you put your arm down, mm -hmm. that's the lower, that's the wrist, that's okay. the middle, that's the upper. Smart. Mm -hmm. It smells amazing. Okay. Very sweet, very fun. Okay. So okay, Wyatt. Okay. So the hand is where we were. And then there are three mods. We're trying to make the fragrance longer lasting and have more of a sillage, more trail. I think it's going to be a little challenging for you to pick out one right now just because we smelled sure. them fresh. Wyatt is the other, smelling up Tammy's arm. Yes. <laughs> the, other, <laughs> the other thing that we are trying to do with this fragrance is we're trying oh, to make it a little great. bit more friendly. Oh. Yeah. So a little bit. They're very inviting. Smoother. Yeah. Oh, I, I like seeing the progression. Okay. So it's modifications of the same fragrance, right. little yes. nuances. Subtle Just differences. adding different notes and such Rebalancing like that. Rebalancing okay. it. Gotcha. Exactly. But you can see that the smallest change. It gets right. smoother as you go up. Yeah. And yes. almost, there's like something almost like, a, I don't want to say the wrong thing, but I smell like at the top a little bit of a mintiness. Okay. <laughs> there's, a, a, there's a freshness there. Yeah. 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 Maybe not mintiness. I, I couldn't think of the word. Right. Is it anisic? Is that the word to describe? It's, I don't think that's the word. It's it's minty. Yeah. It's minty. There's like a minty freshness to it. But it definitely feels like a gourmand through and through. Absolutely. Very sweet. But as I work my way up your arm, I think the top is like the, the freshest the fresh version. Yeah. yeah. So we're in the midst of wearing these as a consumer to, you know, kind of get a feel for which one for us wears the best. Gotcha. And what would determine that? We wear them as a consumer. Are mm -hmm. we aware of it? Are we getting feedback on it? Do we smell it on ourselves? Does mm -hmm. it last four hours? You mm -hmm. know, when we 
you know, take our jackets off? Do we smell it the next day? Mm-hmm. Just Do people turn their heads when they walk. Exactly. They walk exactly. Yeah. Any, anything, whether it's sure. positive or negative. So we will just wear it and we're comparing it to um, where we were because we want to be better than that. And we also compare it to some benchmarks that are on the mm-hmm. market that the brand has given us as um, benchmarks that we should compare to. Right. See, this is what I think is so fascinating. Like, obviously, we're in this, like, we're talking about it. It's all top of mind. But the differences to an untrained nose are so faint. And I think that that's where your expertise is really needed and where it really shines. Because if you didn't know there was a difference, like, right. do you know it does, that you it, would- I mean, you know, not to, not to random the person. It does smell a little bit similar. Of course. All of them. Absolutely. Right. Um, also, just because I'm like smelling up an arm of right. a near stranger and I'm like, right. I don't know what I'm doing, you know. <laughs> right. It's a little awkward. During COVID. Right. Sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's all good. It's all good. Um, but I mean, I love, I love the scent if that, if that right. helps. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> no, I mean, so, yeah, I was just saying like it just, you guys clearly know what you're doing right. to be and, able to detect and identify what the differences right. are. It takes yes. a lot of time and practice. And confidence True. to be able to say this is finished or this is not finished. This mm-hmm. is a beautiful fragrance, but it's not quite finished. It's, right. You know, the elements are all there, but it's not performing the way it needs to. You right. know, and then then it's a balancing act. It's doing a dosage study because some fragrances perform better at fifteen percent, some perform better at sixteen percent, mm-hmm. some perform better at twenty percent. And it has nothing to do with the higher you go, the better. It just has to do with the ingredients in that particular formula. Some sure. will perform better at a lower level. Mm-hmm. So it's, they breathe, right? And it's sometimes just, if you gotcha. have too much of the oil in there, it just sort of just lays right, there right. Wow. thick. Yeah. So. Interesting. And how long is, is, I don't know if it's, there's one, you know, answer for this. How long is the typical development process of a fragrance from beginning to end? It can be three to six months. Yeah. It, it, could, six it can be faster, but it's three not months, great to. Yeah, three to months is typically the shortest, I would say. Mm-hmm. We've worked on projects for over a year. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's right. just, because... Things happen in the middle. Directions change. You have to start over. A pandemic. A pandemic. Exactly. You, know, yeah. you never know. Right. Wow. Um, so, but three to six months, I would say. Yeah. Gotcha. Interesting. And that's true of a, a shampoo, a candle. It's it, That's not just fine fragrance. That's any fragrance creation because it's the same kind of iterative process where you're, you know, first of all, you have to zero in on the directions that you like. And then once you do that, you really perfect them. Right. Wow. Very cool. So we're in the perfection stage. Right. We've already, you know, kind of chosen the ones that we love mm-hmm. for the launch, and this is more about fine tuning. So is the top? Um, does the top represent the most fine tuned, or it just represents a different? Like, it does it go in order of how you like them, or does it just go in order of like how your category? Actually, these are alphabetical. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so then maybe that maybe so like that could be another thing. Power of suggest. Like I was saying, oh, it sounds they like they get be lighter, the but the I could have been wrong. Right? I just put it in alphabetical order. Okay, mm-hmm. so again, once again, me trying to cheat the system, being like lighter, <laughs> lighter, and might not even be the case. Exactly. <laughs> Which shows I have a long way to go. Um, Interesting. Another brand that we've been working with is a hand sanitizer brand, which okay. obviously was very important during the pandemic. Yes. And it's a really novel brand that um, has really put fragrance at the forefront of the, mm-hmm. of the brand. So it's all about clean. It's all about safety um, and sanitizing, but it's also about a joyful experience. And mm-hmm. so we created some fragrances and I'm going to put this on. So this is a new scent for a hand sanitizer, which is quite different. Oh, wow. 
Then your usual lemon That's scented really nice. hand yeah. sanitizer. It's almost like a fine fragrance. That reminds me of and wait, it's can clean. I smell it, it reminds me of like something I've smelled from the Labo. Like mm-hmm. it smells it's like very warm and enveloping yeah. and cozy. That is really musky. the most elevated hand sanitizer I've ever smelled. Yeah. My yeah, my my first uh, instinct was because it, you know you get that when it's just directly applied, you get that alcohol a smell. Bit so of it alcohol, was yeah. like a whiskey sort of smell like immediately because you said the, the, the smoky that's, earthiness to it. Yeah. I love it. Wow. That's so great. that's when we had, a, we've done a variety of scents for, for that brand. For this brand. It's very fun. It's cute. Looks like it's, a little teardrop. Right. Uh, What's the price I point guess. of that? Four, four dollars yeah. I think yeah. in the store. Oh. Wow. You could like sanitize and smell good. And at the same exactly. <laughs> refillable. Um, it is refillable because you could screw the top off. Oh wow. Ooh. Very that. environmentally conscious brand. Very nice. Wow. So. Is it on the market? Mm-hmm. Oh, what is it? I would love to plug this. What is it? So it's the Olika brand. Oh, that's what you're Olika okay. brand. Okay. So it also has a green component yes. of trying to work the from refillable. recyclable. Right. Yep. And there's all different fragrances. This is just one of them. Okay. O-L-I-K-A? Mm-hmm. It means okay. differently in Swedish. Cool. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look that up. If you guys are looking for a hand sanitizer that's like truly elevated, definitely check that out. Yeah. I really like that. Great. Um, we could go into the shower and demonstrate how we evaluate go a daily shower, shower product, which is very elegant. But That's every cool. it's it's I what we said. Yeah, yeah, they won't go back okay. in there. But, just, but it's another brand that we've been working with, and it's very um, kind of safety and health conscious, and um, for people who have a lot of sensitization mm-hmm. to product. And so. When we evaluate these things, we take pictures of each other because we're each at home. We like have our Zoom meetings going, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Okay, I'm now spraying the Mod Three right in the shower, it's so funny. in our bathrooms right. at home, and spraying." <laughs> and we have our husbands took pictures of us one day because we were hilarious. We're both in exactly the same outfit, jeans and a white T-shirt in right. our showers, smelling. <laughs> so you is you would, the product you would spray into the shower? Yep. Just, yeah, just like yeah. we do for just a daily like shower product. Gotcha. You spray it. Yes. Just evaluate like, it. Consumer. Right. Wow. Of course. Sure. Yeah. Because yeah. if you just open this jar and smell it, it doesn't, that's not how a consumer right. ever uses right. the product. Right. You right. got to yeah. use it. Yeah. So. And then the other thing I see on this table is the first project that you guys ever worked on when you founded Serendipity. No, and right. that is the tag fragrances. Yep. That is amazing. So that was so exciting. It was our first our first project is serendipity. So wow. Okay, Wyatt, do you want to be the skin for that? <laughs> yes, would love to be the skin. It'll bring me also back to high school and such. So the skin, which before I knew what the word was, sounded creepy to me because I'm like your skin. Like I don't know. It sounds like it puts the lotion on its. Yes. Like, um, but it's actually the the term of the person who's testing it on their skin, right? Which one should Wyatt spray? Yes. Well, we've got make moves. We've got. Wild card. What's that one? Spin it. Spin it. Okay. Just gonna just okay. give you a tiny bit. So I just got tagged. <laughs> branded. You've been tagged. You smell it in the air. It's like very aerosolized. Mm. Yeah. What does I'm, that smell like? Like sweet woody. Yeah. Nice and woody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a sweetness to it. I like that. Is there sandalwood in that? Absolutely. That's what I'm smelling. Nailed it. Nailed it. 
It's just it's a creamy, creamy and yes. warm and sensual. And it smells like a fine fragrance yes. that I can't mm-hmm. place right now, but it definitely does have a fine fragrance smell to it. A little bit like a Lamal. Yeah. By Jean-Paul Gaultier. That's exactly yes. what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. read your mind, Wyatt. <laughs> Wait, that, it totally reminds me of mm-hmm. that. Wow, yeah, that's lovely. I, I don't have it. I don't really have a description for it, but you, you, that, that <laughs> hasn't like, already oh, been said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Does, yeah. What does it sound like as an audio person? Does it sound oh, like anything okay. to you? Oh boy, now I'm on the spot. Um, whoosh. Ooh, that's good. Kind of nice little breeze, but <laughs> yeah. like through the the forest, like a through like yeah, I get just like a good a woodies. Breeze. Yeah, I yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. That's yeah. good. Cool. You know what's really funny is so when we record episodes. Wyatt will just like take notes and anytime I always uh, put like the fragrances <laughs> mentioned and so Wyatt takes notes of like what people are saying as we talk about it and he just spells them out phonetically <laughs> and so when you said Jean-Paul Gaultier the mall I was just thinking about if like if Wyatt was spelling that out I'd probably get like L-A-M-O-L like yeah. it's yeah. always the funniest like J'adore Dior was like the funniest I, I don't know they just crack me up that's um, very funny yeah I'm so, doing my best here. No, I, I know. I always know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Just like seeing the spelling always makes me laugh. Yeah. Um, okay. Is this the final? This, this is, is the, the last, last project okay. that we have. Um, it's for a brand called Santa Asana and it's mm-hmm. for a yoga enthusiast. She wanted sure. to come up with her sure. own um, line of Santa fragrance Asana, oils. That's great. So this cool. is not based in um, alcohol. They're just fragrance oils that you can oh. roll on. Nice. Um, and it's really nice. She named them after some of... Um, some yoga moves. Some yoga moves. Shavasana. I love, sh- that's my favorite one. <laughs> of course. Asana. Adra, Chandra. I, I don't, Chandrasa. I don't actually even know how to pronounce some of the, Ardha Chandrasana I can say, Balasana I can say, Vriksasana I cannot really say very well, but it's the um, standing split. Of course. Oh, okay. so that's what all the, yeah. yeah. So, so, she, so yeah. She's, cool. she's adorable. Cool she, little designs. She yeah. created the labels herself. She's oh, a graphic great. designer. Oh, so this is like, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> this one is um, like green to me. There's yeah. like some okay. nice freshness. Which one yeah, is that very one? Fresh. Green citrus. Citrus. Yeah, yes. little a little soapy. Yeah. yeah, clean. Citrusy. I have a question. So you guys are testing everything on your outer arm versus your inner arm. Is there a reason for that? Just so you don't like sh- put it, it on, on the, the table. table like, and yeah. Stir. Because okay. you very rarely touch stuff with the upper oh, part of your skin. Oh. I was wondering if it was like it sits better on that side or anything. No. It's more just like it's for just logistical. Got it. We wear short sleeves a lot. Right. You got it. Ooh, I <laughs> like that one. Beautiful situation. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Oh, that is right. really nice. This is, this is the Shavasana. I love that one. That smells good too. Yeah, that's a yeah. very effervescent. You're going yeah. to you're gonna walk into your apartment and your roommate's going to be like, where did you go? <laughs> yeah. um, you just walk through wow. a mist. So it's such a great representation of all the different. One thing we didn't test on this table um, was a shower product, and I, and we have hand sanitizer, oils, a shower product, body sprays, fine fragrance, and I think it speaks volumes to the fact that you can really scent anything, and that everything you're smelling, someone has been behind it, making conscious choices and decisions. Yep. And perfumers who have used the, used their craft and their experience and their knowledge of materials and bases, right, to put that together. Incredible. Right. We are forever in awe of perfumers. As long as we've been in this business, we are always in awe of perfumers, and they deserve all the of the credit and admiration that they get. Right. Because they're really, really special. Very right. talented individuals, really. Yeah. 
very special. I love how you guys were talking about how before you write off something that is a home fragrance or a cheaper fragrance, recognize that it could have been the exact same perfumer who created the $300 fragrance you're obsessed with. Exactly. Exactly. So same artistry. Okay. Back to the episode. So at the end of every episode, I always like to play a little rapid fire scent association game. I will just say different things and you guys, no answer is wrong. Everything you say is right. Uh, Just say the first thing that comes to mind. Mm, What's that smell? Okay. What is the smell of New York City? Fun. Hard work. Again, Great energy, great energy. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. But we said exactly the opposite. Uh, this is a great partnership. I love it. Okay, what, what is? is the what is the smell of happiness? My family, flowers. What is the smell of um, embarrassment? Cassis. <laughs> I was gonna say bo. On the same level. I mean, cat pee bo. Not not dissimilar. Okay, this is a an episode. If you love Cassis, don't you know? Sorry, but <laughs> sorry, it's not the episode. For, I don't think I know anyone who like loves Cassis. So you know, it's it's. I think it's a cultural thing. If you ask any French person how yeah. they feel about Cassis, they love Cassis. Okay. Yeah, I I think we're just maybe we're less exposed to it here. Yeah. I feel like I'm hurting Cassis's feelings. I, I, I really understand no, that it's no, used very no, often, no. and I appreciate it for what it is. Um, what is the smell of New Jersey? Serendipity Scent Studio. Oh, wow. Nice plug. I see what you did there. <laughs> the beach. The beach. The Jersey Shore. The Jersey Shore, which does get a really bad rap because the Jersey Shore is beautiful, and people only think of the MTV show. Correct. Or Newark Airport. Right. Right. That yeah. is not what New Jersey is. If there's one thing this episode, uh, like if I'm going to put myself on a pedestal today, it's going to be, you know, New Jersey is beautiful and Cassis is horrible. And that's, <laughs> that's really <laughs> right. Those away. are the learnings the, of the that's day. That's the learning. And put your perfume in the refrigerator. Yep. Um, okay. And what is the smell of Long Island? The beach. The beach. There's beaches everywhere. Yep. Okay. And the final question is, what is the smell of Serendipity NYC? Oh. Well, I wish I didn't say fun before. I was going to say fun. <laughs> I was going to say fun. I would say joy. I think I think that, that the our business has just brought us great joy. I agree, a hundred percent. I agree on that. Yeah. Okay. I actually have one more because I think this is a good way, better way to conclude. Catherine, what is the smell of Tammy? Vanilla. And Tammy, what is the smell of Catherine? New gay. Wow, this checks out. Wow, okay. So for everyone listening, I'm sure you are going to get many people reaching out to take courses with you. Um, where can people learn more about serendipity? So our website is, we had to spell serendipity a little bit differently because of serendipity in, you know, the, the restaurant. Right. Um, so it's serendipity, S-E-R-E-N-D-I-P-I-T-E-E, mm-hmm. com, mm-hmm. And there you can find out more about us. Um, we are actually just in the midst of our general training series, but we are starting an advanced course in October and we are teaching the evolution of modern perfumery in October, which is the course that you took where we really smell some iconic fragrances that go back to the early 1900s through the century and into 2000s. And at the beginning of 2022, we'll be starting our 
virtual journeys all over again. So. Amazing. Great. And for everyone listening, you don't have to be based in New York to take these courses because they are on Zoom. So wherever you are listening to this, definitely check it out. Thank you for the Thanks, thanks for the plug so yes, This is so much fun. Perfumer was edited by Wyatt Peak. Music is by Max Vernon and illustrations are by Israel Rodriguez.